Hi, I'm Jacqueline, your host. Welcome to the Amigapreneur Podcast, a platform where we talk to Black, Indigenous, and women of color who are entrepreneurs, spiritpreneurs, and creatives. We talk all about moving through life transition with courage, confidence, and compassion. If you've been looking for a way to turn your life transition or major life change into a transformation, an inner evolution, this is the podcast for you. Today we have Gilsa Fort Martinez. She's a licensed Latina therapist with over 30 years experience helping women navigate life transitions, rebuild their confidence, and reconnect with themselves. Over half the women say their mental health at work suffers to the point of burnout. Among women of color, the number gets worse, with the pandemic contributing to high levels of stress and anxiety. A few things we talk about on this episode. Choosing a non-conventional life as a healer, visualization as self-preservation, dealing with shame and guilt of depression, dealing with your emotions when you weren't really taught how to process your feelings. Now, on to the episode. And that's a great question, Jacqueline, because for many of us, we, we find our, or we go towards like we want to move away from whatever was traumatic and and yet in reality oftentimes right no pain no gain and um so for me um i mean i pretty much knew that i wanted to work within the psychology field and do what i wanted to do but it took me several times my my parents are are cuban immigrants and and i just had to get i just had to get the education it had i had to have the little piece of paper on the wall and um but i i couldn't find really my way uh, my father a very um very charismatic gregarious guy but very intense and we you you had to you had to be a lawyer that was what he was and everybody had to be a lawyer and he had done it again here in the states so he felt that that's and it just wasn't my passion so my one time where I really felt lost was there I was a junior in college lots of pressure from my parents my dad for me to become an attorney and I really had to find my own voice at that time and say no you know what I really want to do is psychology I could see myself visualize myself in a little office and being able to help people work through these kinds of life um, transitions and then a second time so I, I did that I went on um, but then I did what a lot of us do as, as uh, Latina women, as Hispanic women, I got married mm-hmm. and then I got married and boy, that was not a good thing. So my really big loss was that marriage when I realized that I had to get divorced and that at that point I hadn't quite finished my education. I was finishing it, but I hadn't quite finished it and I, and I needed to get, I need to get rolling and that relationship that lost, um, that there was a a great deal of conflict in that loss, um, was left me really, really lost, really almost catatonic. And so the rising from that loss of that relationship to really saying, okay, this is, this is how we get up. This is how we get up. And we just kind of put one foot in front of the other and, Part of the journey is figuring it all out. Like I wasn't supposed to know it all at 27, you know? (laughs) Um, So 
for me, it was those two pieces, the, the directing myself in school and then really having to put that into play when I got divorced. One thing that you mentioned is that there was a visualization for you yeah. about you sitting in an office and that psychology was really for you. And another thing that you mentioned was this very strong figure when it comes to your father that making the decisions for you, like you need to be this and that's how you're going to be successful and then getting married and then going into that and how we're, there's so much pressure about getting married and having that like a representation for women, right? Like I've, I've got married and now mm-hmm. through that, I have to make this successful because it all kind of falls on me. And then after the relationship feeling catatonic and feeling like I didn't finish school, like now what do I have? Mm-hmm. So, so many questions circle around that, especially like, where did you get that visualization? Because I know a lot of the times when we are in that in-between state is where we're so afraid of letting go of that Mm -hmm. attachment, not knowing that we're attached, right? Like that is defines us like school defines us, our relationship defines us. So if we are not those things, then who am I? Because we don't really know who we are, right? Mm -hmm. We've defined ourselves by everything outside of us. So we're in that in between. And for a lot of us, there's a big struggle of letting go of that staying in the in between of nothingness, I have no identity. And then moving on to the next thing. And I feel like that's why we, we all really get stuck. And then there's trauma in there too, that we're having to face, clear and heal in order to be this newness of us. So where did that visualization come from? And then also in that in-between, like really letting what like women of color know that there are things that are coming up for us. And how do we like do those things, like heal those things while at the same time, just feeling absolutely lost? Um, I mean, the, the visualization thing for me came in almost like a Mm -hmm. self-preservation. My, my, again, my parents were um, very uh, prominent parts of our, of our life in man, in many loving ways and in many, but, but again, being, being political refugees, because my father died in this country saying that he was a refugee. He was not an immigrant. He, you know, um, and so it was very important to him for us to have a direction. I, I have a young brother and um so for me the visualization was the self-preservation my Mm -hmm. father wanted to be me to be an attorney and Jacqueline I promise you I tried I tried (laughs) to do all of that you know focus people pleasing stuff that a lot of us as Hispanics as as Latina particularly Latina um uh girl children are raised to do and I really tried and so the visualization was okay I gotta be very clear on what I want because going up against my dad my daddy it wasn't going to be easy and my dad supported me and did okay Mija do whatever you need to do Uh, your mother and I always have your back but he rode me hard those first few years uh, until and so the visualization for me was I could describe to him you know Bobby I'm gonna have my own office just like you but it's not gonna be in law it's gonna be in psychology and I'm gonna help people and look the walls are gonna be un azulito and it's all <laughs> gonna look you know and so for me it was very much self-preservation to be mm-hmm. able to power through because I just knew that I couldn't do the whole law thing with the kind of intensity and and really love that my father had for it Mm. so I had to find my own path there and and speak it 
because again, a lot of us as Hispanic girls, right? What Bobby said was what, what, what the family did. Yeah. I also had one other piece is that I have an incredibly uh, formidable mother, calladita as we say, right? In the background there, but she was, you do what you need to do. This is okay. Don't worry. I'm going to talk to your father. You Oh, this guy didn't work out. Okay. We got to get rid of him. Let's move on <laughs> to the next thing. So my mother has always been, my mother is still alive at almost 91 wow. and she is still my constant advocate and um, cheerleader. So mm -hmm. where my father couldn't see it, my mother could visualize it with me, kind of helped uh, me uh, bridge that, that distance, you know, and then definitely uh, when I got divorced, there, there my father was happy. My, my father didn't like my, my first <laughs> So there my father was happy. My there my father was like, okay, okay, vamos, next, you know? So self-preservation would be the short answer to you. Mm. And, and then just really, I, I have been blessed with a, a, a really pretty good support system in, in, mm. in my parents and in a, a really solid group of women friends that I've cultivated over 30 years. Mm. And that, that visualization I have to tell you, I can show you pictures. That, that was my first office and it looked just the way I had it pictured in, in graduate school. Wow. So for the women that, that you speak with that don't have, like I'll use myself as an example. I didn't have that community. Again, I, I mean, for me, it was growing up in domestic violence. I've been on my own since I was 15. So for me, my whole identity was always about survival. Mm -hmm. and figuring it out and hustling. And, and, you know, um, right. looking back, I had, even though I didn't have my parents, I was in a group home and I actually had amazing counselors that, you know, the, uh, a lot of them were Latino and I never seen Latinos like them. You know, they were educated, they were activists, right. they, you know, they were pushing forward, they were helping the community. And it was amazing to, to see that where I grew up in a neighborhood where we never saw people who were college educated and right. giving back to the community and all of that. Um, so I, I, but even though I had those experience throughout, I still believe that I was on my own and I had to figure it out. And that eventually put me in this depression because I had this shame about not being able to figure it out. Like I mm -hmm. always figured it out and I didn't realize I was depressed. So trying to even go to my community, sometimes having my community say things like, Andale, pondate las pilas. Uh, you'll figure it out. You're a single mom. Right. You got your daughter to college. Like, why can't you figure it out? Also, like, you're right. depressed. That doesn't make sense. So, like, you're, like, sad. So, like, just be happy. You know what I mean? So, just, like, right. we don't have time there's, to be depressed. There's, there's no reason for you to be <laughs> right. Right. And meanwhile, I'm, I am losing. I lost my job. I lost my car. I'm losing my apartment. I'm still trying to get it together. Um, I'm still not admitting that things I can't figure it out. I'm, like, blacking out at work. You know, all because I just... I had this guilt and shame, like, wait, right. I always figured it out. I was 15. I had my own apartment. Like wow. I raised my daughter, like, mm -hmm. why can't I make this happen? And it was just spirit really telling me like, it's time now it's time yeah. for you to heal you and face all these things. So for someone that's, that's in that, that doesn't have the support system, like how would you say for them to build, visualize, build that community and be able to ask for self, for help, excuse me, and let go of so much guilt and shame that we have, shame. right. Definitely. 
definitely a lot of shame. Um, I would say to you, you know, with the, with the uh, a lot of the women that I work with, Jacqueline, I work with both men and women, but primarily women, um, often women in their, you know, early 30s to to early 40s. Um, and and what I talk with them a lot about is family sometimes isn't blood, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Family is something that we can intentionally, purposefully create around us, you know? And when, when we are at our lowest point, you know, who is it that kind of, you know, like hands us a tissue or opens a door for us or says good morning. You don't know where you can create that, but I encourage people to, to look for that, you know, to, to kind of, you know, the, 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 the picture I always have in my head is, is how, how much burdensome, uh, what kind of burden uh, shame uh, and guilt does to us. So it's it's almost like a heavy feeling that has us facing downward. Mm. And so many times I start talking with women, whether friends or clients about, you know what, just let's just pick up our head, you know, let's mm -hmm. just look up and, and actually turn the head to the right and to the left, because we may be amazed at who's, mm. who's there and who is wanting to step into our life. And, and because we're not looking at them, they think they, we don't want them. Mm. And so I talk with them a lot about just sometimes just raising your head and looking up and paying attention, kind of being very in the moment. Because as you were saying, Jacqueline, you know, shame and, and guilt holds us, really grinds us into the past. And um, trying to really be able to live in this moment to pay attention to what's around us. Because, you know, I, I, I do believe that there is a, a evil in the world. Mm. But there's a lot more, you know, goodness. We just, like, you know, don't always reach out for that peace. You know, mm -hmm. we aren't expecting it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think it's it's women like you that I've worked with over the years, whether in group homes or mm -hmm. in uh, through, you know, community agencies and so forth. I mean, I I always felt such a sense of gratitude of being able to like walk a few little steps with them in their journey because I mean 15 on on your own I mean you know my 20 year old barely knows what she's doing <laughs> right. you know, right. so. that's what my daughter says she's been mm -hmm. very sweet about like noticing like when she hits certain milestones mm -hmm. and when she when she she's like mom you had like a kid in your teens like I can barely like get my calendar together. exactly <laughs> <So> exactly <laughs> Exactly. So those are, are, are really strong, you know, uh, I want to say genes, but I, th I think it's more, more at a soul level that just, you know, that visualization of there, there is something, you know, beyond that corner that just, just one more step and there, and there's something there. And the creating of it, I think is even more powerful. The creating of it yourself is even more powerful. How did, how would you say to women? I, one thing I think I, for me, that just the weight was so heavy is because we are, you know, it's that resilience and moving forward. But I think it's also a lot of like suppression, right. Of not feeling like 
for me, when I was going through this depression, my daughter was gone, which is why I had time for all those feelings, right? Because <laughs> I couldn't mm -hmm. ignore them. Exactly. And then losing everything. And I was just like, the reason this is like a giant wave and thunderstorm for me is because I never allowed myself to feel sorry for myself, or I never allowed myself just to feel bad. Like it was sad that I was on my own at 15. It was sad of the upbringing that I had. It was, it was really sad that my daughter was leaving. It's normal that my daughter's leaving and she's been with me since I was in my teens. Like Absolutely. we grew up together. Right. So creating, what would you say for someone to create that safe space and haven for themselves to feel their feelings so that they don't get to a transition and it's just like a wave of like everything. Well, I think you're right when, you know, the, the first and foremost is to, you know, remember that any of the feelings that we have are, are normal. They're part of being uh, the, the human experience. So when we get hit with what might feel like a tidal wave mm -hmm. of feelings and they're like, like all over the place to, to just, to just kind of stop for a minute. And, mm -hmm. I, and I talk a lot with my, with my clients about, okay, just, just stop, just stop where you are, sit, preferably sit if you can, mm -hmm. so that in all of that tidal wave, we don't get knocked down, but rather we can intentionally sit. Mm -hmm. And then to just, just really to take a moment, because depression is something that happens over a long period of mm -hmm. time, the symptoms, right, are, are sadness and a real sense of, uh, of lack of motivation and not interest in things and so forth. But to get really into the depressive piece, there has to be long, right. you know, more of a pattern of those kinds of feelings and over time. Right. So I really try to tell people, listen, being sad, being disappointed, being mm -hmm. uh, frustrated, those are all part of like normal everyday life. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so sometimes if we can pay attention to those in the upfront, we help it to not get to the point where it crosses over into the more chronic things, right. things like depression, mm -hmm. you know? Right. So when people are doing, you know, like what you had to do at 15, 18, you know, mm -hmm. 20. Um, I really would have said to you back then, would tell somebody struggling with that now, the, the piece about being able to find just one person, mm -hmm. one person that you feel that you can admire or kind of hook into in some way so that we can start that little process of creating hope mm. you know yeah. and many times it, it is I, I'm sure that you weren't the most trusting you know kid in the world <laughs> and that trust might still be something that's that's a bit challenging for you at times right right well learning yeah. honestly I can own now that learning to trust myself it wasn't even like trusting other people sometimes we question like no you can't trust that person but the reality was like I didn't really trust myself you know right. to to be like I was very good at my gut right that's why I was able to like really get through a lot of stuff like listening to my gut which I didn't know was really my intuition back then for survival mm -hmm. but getting to a point where it was like it's okay to trust yourself and to mess up sometimes and sometimes mm -hmm. You can't control what people do, but you can set up those boundaries real quick and let that person go right. 
you know, but obviously I was not equipped with those things. I didn't, I didn't know about boundaries. You know what I mean? I didn't know Mm -hmm. about any of, I didn't, couldn't even really articulate a lot of my feelings, but Mm -hmm. it was definitely, I would say for me was learning to trust me that I will be okay regardless and not judging myself so harshly for other person's actions. The only thing I can do is like, listen at that moment, you know, I had a boundary, there was a red flag there and I didn't, I didn't listen for whatever reason. And I'm Mm -hmm. human and this is what I'm going to do next time. So that was something that was definitely big and and very life-changing to know, like I'm not 15 and I was giving these adult things to have to do and how can, and and I, I felt very like a lot of guilt and judgment because at 15, I felt like I had to be an adult. So when I messed up, it was very an adult thing. Like I'm supposed to be grown, but I'm 15. <laughs> you know, I'm doing right. like exactly. the best that I can with what I've been given. Absolutely. And those are two really important points that you make there. One is the, the idea of, you know, really trusting your gut. Mm-hmm. Later, like you said, you'll call it instincts, but, mm-hmm. but we all have that little voice inside us That's that fine. either you know, leads us down the, the, the harmful path or the beneficial path. Right. But we all have that little voice that says, okay, watch out. Look, there's fire. Don't put your hand in there. <laughs> right. You know, and to learn to really trust that. Mm-hmm. And then the second point that you made, Jacqueline, so important is to, is the forgiveness piece, you know, mm-hmm. just really the piece of, all right, so that didn't quite work out, you know, Hey, I got married and I thought this was it. He was it. Right. And Oh my God, how was I going to tell my parents, my father, my friends that this wasn't working mm-hmm. and that it hadn't worked. So mm-hmm. really the idea of, of trusting your instincts and then forgiving yourself when mm-hmm. you mess it up. Right. Crucial to like, people always like to ask me, okay, give me steps. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what are the things I, what are the things I got to do? Right. Well, these are two big steps with lots of little steps, but right. those are really important steps. Yeah. So it's interesting that you've figured them out on your own. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a process. And I, I did seek therapy um, where I felt, but of course, therapy is a process. So I would really t- say it took, you know, a lot of years and then learning to articulate and really learn to be vulnerable and put myself out there. Mm-hmm. It's vulnerable for me very much not. I couldn't be vulnerable. You know, I grew up in domestic violence. The worst thing you could be is vulnerable. And then like kind of letting yourself know, like, I'm not in that space. I can be vulnerable. I'm an adult. I have boundaries. I, you know, I can, I can walk away. So definitely I think shifting that mindset of who you used to be and not being there anymore and understanding in the present moment, I'm a grown ass woman. <laughs> I, mean, I can set these boundaries. I can step away. And it's kind of like the reparenting of yourself. Yes. That so, looking at the at the newness right we're in that place say you know you're in that in-between space I've I've now learned um that there was trauma that I had attachments now I'm in this space I'm putting up boundaries I've gotten help um but I'm not really sure what that future me right I'm still um like I've I've spoken to my aunt uh we've had these conversations about her my grandmother is still telling her what to do and she's in her 40s <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and me right. telling her just have compassion because you have to remember she's a different generation she right. wants to be better like you know she wants to be better but she also doesn't have the tools so getting her the tools and helping right. her express her emotions and articulate that it's gonna take time you know um so the the reason I say that is because we want to do better right but sometimes we don't know what better looks like Mm-hmm. And what in, in that in between is like, what is the future me 
look like when I'm still using my old habits and patterns? So when you spoke about visualization for someone that wants to be this other version of themselves, how would you have them embody that? Because that word has just come to me so much about embodying, being, you know, having this new identity, but remembering not to attach yourself to that identity, always be changing and moving, right? Because I don't want to go back to that place where I'm defined by that identity. What would you say to someone uh, so that they can get closer to their future self, let go of those old patterns and habits. So they start forming new identities. Does that make sense? I felt like that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, 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 what we're talking about is a lot, you know, yeah. because it is, it is really about finding, you know, um, our voice um, right. in many, in many families, as, as you're saying, you mm-hmm. know, having thoughts and feelings that are independent of the, of the group isn't, mm-hmm. is not only not allowed, but very often right. very violently, you know, suppressed. Mm. So it really is this process of finding our voice, knowing how to use it, knowing how to um, effectively uh, share those things. As you said, they, it encompasses so many different things of trusting your instincts and, and then learning how to be able to engage or re-engage with other people. So, I mean, when, when I'm talking with, with young women, women about this, and this is like, they're starting to just kind of have this little, like they have this little kernel. Like I, I know that there's something more, there's something right. else happening there for me. Um, I, I mean, I use some of the uh, tried and true tools that 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 you probably know. I I do a lot of old school paper and pencil, mm, Jack. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, for me, paper and pencil is very grounding, and then it's a reference point, and we can go back to it. So a, a lot of sometimes it's just list making. Sometimes it's pros and cons. Sometimes it's an actual, you know, like tell me your story, right? The autobiography and the kind of (laughs) cathartic thing about just telling somebody where you come from and all that you have overcome. Um, But for the future then, I I really like to to play with that. Tell me what you see from the ridiculous to the realistic. Mm. from the I want to be the president of the United States all the way to you know what I would really just love to be able to own a little what's my my recent client wants to have like a little garden shop Mm. and wants to just be able to to, uh, plant things that that could also be beautiful not just food but 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 you know for beauty so it's it's really about just kind of expanding right because uh um, a lot of our our families as you said are are narrowing in our perspective Mm -hmm. sometimes not intentionally right right? sometimes it's like I can only give you what I got right right? Right. so sometimes it's not intentional but my my biggest piece is can we just broaden the perspective can we just play with what it could look like with if you could dream anything what would it be and just start to help the the idea of stepping into 
um, that future. And, and then maybe we would go into, okay, so how would we get there? If we mm. want to have this little garden shop now, let's work our way back. And what would that look like? And so I use a variety of different kinds of conversations and, mm. and again, old school paper and pencil. And I want you to go, you know, take a picture of something for me and bring it just really kind of concrete things to, to help them really, um, like own it mm. what what could that future look like just because somebody said it couldn't be mm. all right so in my office in my four little office, <laughs> it can be anything it you want so, <laughs> and like that mm. i love that so tell me what does your handle tough love healing where does that come from well, when I started to really look at this, you know, like, like I mentioned to you, I, I come from the pre-social media days. I've been, I've been practicing for about 25 years, working with women and, and couples and so forth. So before all of that was uh, really a, a prominent, um, the, I, I've never been considered, my clients will tell you that I'm not a very traditional uh, psychotherapist. You know, as a family therapist, I was, was trained a little bit more um, in, the, in the styles of like uh, structural or strategic, some of the, the early family therapists. And those styles are a little bit more active, a little bit more directive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have found that uh, for particularly working with, with um, our culture of Hispanics, Latinos in Miami, we have a, quite a diversity of a variety of different, you know, um, Hispanic cultures. Um, there's, it's a lot more proactive approach that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the tough love healer is that I've had clients who tell me, no, 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 if you, if you want somebody who's really gonna kind of help you figure out what your path is, you can talk to her, but don't go expecting that she's going to do any kind of sugar coating or anything. She's <laughs> tough. She's tough love is what she gives you. And so in those conversations is, is where that handle kind of came from. Mm. So with everything that you have gone through and after all your experiences and, you know, like you said, you were a canatonic after a relationship, you visualize, what is, what is the one thing that you love? Uh, that you really, really love and appreciate about yourself? Uh, I would say that I have, what I love most about myself is that I am determined and I am fiercely loyal. So I'm going to believe in you and I'm going to, you know, kind of, hold your hand sometimes. And then sometimes I'm going to give you a little push. And then sometimes I'm going to give you a a kick, you know, (laughs) Um, but I'm going to stand there like you, you know, that you can reach out to me that you can count on me. My, my, my continued piece of growth is always about patience, because I can kind of see particularly working with, with um, younger women, I can kind of see like where they're, where they can end up. And so I get a bit impatient <laughs> with them in that sense. But the idea of my determination and my loyalty, I think kind of helps keep me, keeps my patience in check, my belief that 
you know everybody has another another piece another opportunity another you know a way to to uh look at things if 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 they want to my name is Hilsa Fort Martinez. I'm a marriage and family therapist in Miami, Florida. And you can find me at Tough Love Healer on Instagram or at my website, hilsafort.com. I am always happy to talk with people. If you're local in Miami, uh, reach out to me. I'm happy to help you kind of navigate these life transitions. And if you're outside of Miami, I am can do all of the technology technology-based things that we've been into in these past two years.